Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Rocket Mortgage, well, they're with you every step of the way. When you want the ability to adjust your loan options in real time, folks, Rocket can. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio, 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. I'm going to get the hickey here in a moment, or excuse me, Pierno here in a moment. We were just talking to Justin Termini. Sorry, I got my rods and cones mixed up. Pierno's one of the best. Uh, we'll get to him in a moment. When we were talking to Termini, what he mentions about the China thing with Daryl Morey, that's that's ugly. That's as ugly as it gets. I mean, because it's one thing, and I for the NFL to essentially blackball Colin Kaepernick, that was bad. Two wrongs aren't going to make some sort of a right by any means. I, I, But I have to compare it. I have to. I mean, one guy was at least – one guy was talking about our own issues, our own – if we're doing America first here, and one guy's talking about our own issues, trying to make a world better, trying to, trying to, trying to upset a world, whatever you thought. It was here. You're – Bending will to foreign entities, uh, eh. that means you you jumped in you jumped in bed too too deep. You got in too big a bed with them. That's an ugly ugly way. And I hope Major League Baseball and I hope NHL and I hope that that the NFL is paying attention to that. If you're not gonna Daryl Morey, I I know he's talked a lot of trash and he doesn't have any championships to back it up. I know, man. A lot there's a lot of NBA fans who can't stand Daryl Morey. There's a hell of a lot of Rockets fans who can't stand Daryl Morey. I, I get it. But the guy's been smart. He's been good at it. I think if I were another team that had an opening for a general manager, hell, I might considering depending on the team, I might considering firing my general manager to get Daryl Morey in there. For that case, if it were just if it were purely on basketball. I'm in Cleveland. I'll, I'll let go of Kobe Altman right now to go get Daryl Morey. From a basketball standpoint, absolutely. I'll let go of Kobe Altman right now to go get Daryl Morey. But if those are, and there are always political ramifications in professional sports, we know this, there are always, there are always things that are wrong. There is always improprieties there. I totally get where that is coming from. And I, I don't mean to be this naive, but when I just look at it from the outset, to hear that from Justin and to not be able to disagree with Justin, to have to believe Justin, that, that should be a thing that bothers an American sports fan. That really should. Now, I'm not trying to turn this thing into any sort of political talk while I, ha- while I don't have to. That is a real bothersome thing. Because now we're just gonna we're gonna let legacies die. We're gonna do these other things to placate who? To placate them? To placate the Chinese? 
Okay. Just just so we're clear. You've get you you've jumped in a little bit too deep. That water's a little bit too deep with them in the NBA. That's a bothersome thing to hear. I'll leave it there. Let me get to uh, let me get to uh, Anthony. Pierre. Oh, geez. you, 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 you were going to do sorry. it again. You were going to do I'm it again. I'm Hannon. I'm Han. You did it last week too. You did it last I'm, week I'm too. Focused, I'm, I'm honestly focused on holding back just a little bit there. Listen, if you want him in here, please. I mean, be my guest. Just tell the powers that be. I would love to get out of here at ten o'clock, please. Yeah. Uh, I would because now I'm getting tweets back. Daniel says, "If you cost the sports radio industry hundreds of millions of dollars, good luck finding someone in the industry to hire you." No, the problem I'm saying, Daniel, on Twitter is that you got too deep with him in the first place. That's the issue I have. Because here, still, while we have our problems here, we still try to treat people like human beings. Go ahead, preach, baby, preach. All right, so Halloween month continues here on the Ken Carmen Show. Last week we did the top five worst Halloween treats. Two weeks ago we did top five horror movies. So let's go to the small screen today, shall we? Let's do the top five scariest TV shows. It's TV shows? Oh, man, I got – oh, I, I got – hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. Oh, man. Oh, man. Okay, hold on. I got to write these down real quick. I got one, two. Oh, you're doing it right uh, now, huh? Three. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Fantastic. Thank you so much. This is going to be a good one. This is going to be a good one, Pierdo, you magnificent bastard. Well done with that. I'm glad that you like Halloween. Hickey hates Halloween. Did you know that? Did I lose you? You did mention that to me once before. Do we know why exactly? No, I, I stopped him because I said, I said, we got to bring this up on the air. You and I got to bring this up on the radio. And then we keep forgetting because, again, even today, I, I, I want to bring it up with him, but he found a way. His girlfriend's coming into town. He's a 26-year-old man who sleeps on Notre Dame sheets with a baseball bat uh, ceiling fan. Uh, because he, you know, well, that's all right. Child. I won't get him on. I won't get on him for that. I'm I will get him on that. I will get on him for that. He's ridiculous. And he is taking Halloween off next sat two Saturdays. Two Saturdays. He's, he's taking, taking Halloween, Halloween off. off. And I go, you don't even like Halloween, Hickey. You don't like Halloween. You actually expressed your hatred for Halloween with me. Me, I love Halloween. Halloween is my favorite holiday. So We're why is he taking off? Because there's girlfriends in town and they're doing God knows what. So he's taking next two. He's taking two Saturdays from now off. He's taking Halloween off, and it's my favorite holiday. Yeah, if anything, you should be off. Exact. Well, I'm not going to take that off. I, I got one Saturday I'm taking off in late November. I can't tell you why, because then I'm going to get a lot of people on my Twitter account. Wait, but are you going trick or treating this year with the kids? Yeah, we're allowed to here in the state. So far, knock on wood, I got two more. Yeah, weeks. I was a trip yeah. like Halloween has been canceled. You know, no, no. First off, Halloween is not. Can- you can you can try to cancel trick or treat. Halloween is not canceled. Halloween is a state of mind, America. All right. Halloween is a state of mind. The get, spookiness, yeah. the fun, the movies, the entertainment, the cookies, the 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 candy. Really, it's not known for cookies. It's known for candy. The candy that's involved. Halloween is just a who. How could you not like Halloween? I wonder if people are going to come up with like creative ways to hand out the candy this year. Unless, you think? unless you're Rod Parsley, I don't know how you can not like Halloween. I mean, in general, the holiday's just the best. You get one day where you don't have to be yourself, where you can cosplay it up. If I went on any other day, I'd get I get thrown right in jail. 
and you can do anything you want. You can have fun. Not anything you want, but you can have fun when you're in college. I mean, Pierno, where'd you go to college? I went to the College of Staten Island. Was that a was was it a great big Halloween party there? No, it was not. <laughs> I can't imagine it would be. That that was probably a miss by me. Okay, I went to Akron. Akron did not have a great. We did have Halloween, but it wasn't as good as. I went to Ohio University for Halloween, which at that time had a legendary Halloween party. I will tell you this. I went to OU one year. I went to Kent State another year. Kent State's was better. Kent State had a better Halloween party. That was amazing. That was an amazing, amazing night. See, yes, because the great Marco Belletti on our updates this morning, he said no trick-or-treating this year. Well, you guys live in Jersey and in uh, New York, right? Yes. I ain't gonna lie to you. In my cul-de-sac, it, why you don't you don't have uh, the pandemic in uh, Cleveland, Ohio? No, we have the pandemic everywhere, but oh, okay. we have we, we have different sure. sensibilities. We have different sure. sensibilities. Gotcha, gotcha. You know, so we're we're gonna have our trick or treating. We're not gonna take away the trick or treating so far. And, and to be honest with you, even in my neighborhood, we're still gonna do the trick or treating. Okay, we can do it safely. All right, we'll do that. Okay. So I'm not sure what Axel's going to go as. I'm not sure what Eli's going to go as yet. We got two weeks to figure it out. I was going to go as I told you before. I was going to send him as the Undertaker, but yeah. I don't know if he really wants to be the Undertaker now. It's been a couple of minutes, so we'll, we'll we'll figure out how that one goes. So I think he wants to be something scary. He was the YouTube character Blippy a couple of years ago, which you don't have kids, so you don't know who the hell. No that idea is, who Karen. Blippy is. Oh, you do know? No, I don't. Oh yeah, Blippy is a Blip. Of the YouTube channels that, that kids really want to watch, I don't have a problem with Blippy. And I know someone's going to milkshake Duck Blippy and say that Blippy's done something terrible. Why? What, is Bl- what does Blippy I don't do? Know. What does he's Blippy just, do? He's basically a guy. He's a character that wears some oversized glasses and suspenders. and he He's a guy? He's a, he's a grown man? Yes, yeah. yes. How old do you he, think he – how old is Blippy? Oh, he's got to be 40 years old. Oh, yeah. But he's he's – I watch the episodes to make sure. It's like you test for the candy. And they're like, okay, today we're going to do – and they go around a plane or they go around a helicopter one day or they go into a, a, a tugboat or they go to a police station or a fire station or a hospital, you know, something like that. They teach you those things. But the other one was a nature hike. The nature hike was, one was pretty good. He's okay, okay? He's all right. I don't have a problem with Blippy. Blippy's fine. But he went as Blippy the one day, one year, and then he wanted to go as like a – God, he wanted to go as a scary monster. He looked like he—he he honestly looked like Eddie from the Iron Maiden covers. That's what he looked like, and it was pretty excellent. He picked it out on his own. I was happy that he picked it out on its own. I—I I, yeah, I love my boys, and I love that he picked those out. I forget what I, what what Eli went as. You know, the drinking, the times. I I just forget. Eight five five two one two four CBS. So scariest TV shows. That one's coming up at around eleven twenty a.m. Eastern. LeBron has built a tremendous legacy. Going off of what Justin Termini was just saying. We have Bobby Carpenter joining us at 1140. LeBron has built a tremendous legacy. I just don't think we're going to accept it. When I asked Justin about fan bases and going back and getting fans involved, I think that the NBA needs to realize and needs to understand that there is still going to be a disconnect and there is even a pushback against the player empowerment movement. And I'm fine with them, and Justin made it abundantly clear. You have the right to go wherever you want. I have the right to not like it. I have the right to not accept it. In the NFL, and I always compre- I preach and preach and preach and preach the NFL, and I know that the salary cap, I think the salary cap, if we're, if we're sharing theories here, I think the share- salary cap's a myth. I think it's a myth to, to keep salaries down. 
if we all have a cap, I can't pay you that much. Oh, we got We can't pay running backs that much. We have a salary cap. We have to stay within the salary cap here. We have to make sure. Yeah, they'll pay Patrick Mahomes, and I'm going to get off on a wild tangent here. Hopefully I'll keep myself back where it's supposed to be. But you can pay Patrick Mahomes $500 billion or $500 million over the course of his contract because you're going to make billions back if you're the Kansas City Chiefs. You're not going to make billions back on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. You're not going to make billions back on Le'Veon Bell or even Sammy Watkins or, or or any one of their other players. On Travis Kelsey, on, on Tyreek Hill, you're not going to make that money. Chris Jones is not making you that money back. Patrick Mahomes will. And so there's no problem with paying Patrick Mahomes $40-plus million plus a year because he's the guy who sells jerseys. He's the one in a wrestling parlance puts an ass every 18 inches. That's what that guy does. I don't believe in the salary cap. I think the salary cap's a farce, but I also think that the salary cap keeps fans like me coming through the turnstiles to want to consume their sport. Because if you're a Kansas City Chiefs fan, you're in Kansas City, Missouri. It's not L.A. It's not New York. It's a nice city. I've been there. It's a great place to go and have have fun when we're allowed to have fun again. I had a blast in Kansas City, Missouri when I went. But you're in Kansas City. And if you are in the NBA or Major League Baseball, like you do have, you know there's a lot of people. If you were in the NBA, there's a lot of players who kind of don't want to be there. But in Kansas City in the NFL, the king of sports, you have the best player in that sport who you have no problem in ever believing that he will ever go. You know he'll be there. As long as he's useful to you, useful to your team, continues to play at the top of his game, he's going nowhere. That's the beauty of it. I I support, and we've done this so many times, it, it, it's become nauseating. You get a job somewhere else, go ahead, go get a job somewhere else. I don't root for you at your job. If you work at a delivery company and you get another better job at another delivery company, I don't root for either or delivery company. I don't have an emotional connection. Usually, I don't have an emotional connection to that. I don't sit there and watch you move boxes every single week. I don't do that. They do in the NFL. We do in sports. And while, yeah, you can go and I can give you every right and say that, yes, I know that you have the right to do that, and I have to I have to take that. I have to know that. doesn't mean I have to accept it as a consumer. I don't have to accept that as a consumer. I don't, when we're allowed to go back to NBA arenas, I don't have to fork over money to go watch you. I can know that you're allowed to do whatever you want, and I can accept that part. But you will also have to accept that I could just go away. I could watch other sports. I'm from a Midwestern city myself, and I grew up a fan of the three teams that my city has. I grew up a fan of the NBA team. The, uh, of the other three, I love the other two. Of the NBA team that we have, I love. And in 2016, when they won the championship, I thought I saw something that I'd never see ever again in my life that I never thought I was going to see, especially with what we have in the NBA now. And I've known that that guy was going to go, and he did go, and he can have great success, and I support LeBron in his success. I am a fan, but I also know that my team is never going to be where it was before because we'll never have that player again. So what gets me to go watch him? What gets me to go pay tickets? What's go- What gets me to go buy season tickets? And that's not just a Cleveland thing. It's a Detroit thing. It'll be an Oklahoma City thing. It could be a any Memphis thing. It could be anywhere. John Morant, 
an incredible player. We're counting down the minutes. Zion Williamson, a force. We're counting down the minutes. Giannis, oh, that conversation's been had a million times over. It's a legacy that LeBron has forged. It's a lonely one. And while we know there is a difference between knowing and accepting it, you can go anywhere you want. You can have player empowerment. They can do whatever they want. Fine, I would want to, I would want the power to be able to dictate where I go on based on my happiness, not even based on money. But when I don't base it on money and I lose that trust because money and greed can be a good thing because if I know I can offer you the most money, I can trust you to come back like they can with Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City, like they can in other cities where they have their franchise quarterbacks and they know that they can offer him the most money and he will stay and be a part of that team and make each other money hand over fist for a long period of time. That is good for sports. That's good for their sport. When I can trust them to take the most... I can hold on to that thought, and that makes me feel more comfortable as a sports fan. When I don't trust you, where I have a system in the NBA where I can pay you the most money, where I can I can go to the absolute max contract to it and give you, and with the way the CBAs work, where I can give you far more than any other team. And you'll say, I'm just not happy in your city. That's not a recipe for success. Leaving politics out of it, leaving any of the other things out, that's not going to be good long term. When I was looking for a house a couple of years ago, I'd already, I'd already lived in a town in North Ridgeville. Now I live in Streetsboro. And we were going around a couple of houses. We went to a couple of different towns. I went to Olmstead Falls. I went to a, a, a town called Hudson here. Checked out a couple of different places. And you go and you, you go to an open house. And I remember, again, I'm in Northeast Ohio. I want to share this with you. I'm in Northeast Ohio. And I did notice that there were a lot of Kyrie Irving trinkets, a lot of a lot of different Steph Curry memorabilia in some of these rooms. And I did notice this as I was going to the open house going, man, there's not a whole lot of this is after this is right after LeBron had left. Not noticing a lot of not a, Le, a lot of LeBron stuff here. But there's Steph Curry. Steph Curry doesn't play for the Cavs. Kyrie Irving doesn't play for the Cavaliers anymore. Maybe it's a generational problem that I'm going to have to get used to. There is partly that. But while I'm the one in my family, and I know that maybe it's going to be hard for my sons to be Cavs fans. There's not going to be a whole lot of greatness there. Maybe they will hit it, and I think a lot of fan bases share this type of experience that I do. I'm still the guy that has to pay the money. I'm still the guy who has to hand over the credit card to say, all right, buy my tickets for my family of five to go on over there to the basketball game. I'm the one who's got to do that. And until they get old enough to make their own money, which there's going to be a 20-year gap, you're going to have a problem in the NBA. And you're developing that problem right now, as we've seen with the ratings, as we've seen with the decline in attendance, where we've seen great palaces that have been opened up in downtown Detroit where you can't give seats away. But anytime I cause a problem about it, anytime I, I bring up my concern about it, well, Ken, you just don't understand today's players. I don't think you understand today's fans. 855-2124-CBS. Coming up next, the top five scariest TV shows, courtesy Anthony Pierno. I absolutely love it. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. We'll talk NFL with Bobby Carpenter coming up at 11.40 a.m. Eastern, 8.40 a.m. Pacific. 
It's time for the top five. Pierno. Oh, yeah, the top great... five. We're going we to go. the small screen today. The top five scariest TV shows, our favorites. So number five, I always like to go back to the childhood. Uh, and Saturday Night Snick, The Big Orange Couch, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time, Are You Afraid of the Dark? <laughs> Each episode, we begin, you know, with a group of teenagers, you know, as the Midnight Society, they would gather around uh, the campfire, tell the scary stories, you know, the tales of ghosts and vampires, haunted houses, clowns. What was the scariest one to you? <sighs> there, wow, there's so many. Um, the, va- the, um, the vampires next door. Remember, they moved in the neighbors. They realized they're vampires. That was pretty good. Uh, what was the one where, like, the monster comes off of the screen in the movie theater? That was really scary. I mean, that, that's like, and that, um, I mean, that's really going deep into it. Yeah. Um, because one of the things I do like about the show, that there were some pretty scary concepts, like, You'd see in horror movies, and I mean, some of the like stories would get kind of deep in what they're trying to like say. Um, yeah. but that was a good one. Um, the 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 shiny red bicycle where the um the the kid sees his friend die, he drowned, and then all of a sudden he starts seeing him appear all over the place with his red bicycle. What was the one where the kid would go? I'm cold. Wait, which oh, which wait, was that? that one? The one with the red bicycle. Because he drowned, he drowned, he drowned in the river. I think oh, that... and then he'd go, "I'm cold." I think. Well, that... yeah, he drowned in a river. Yeah. Of course, that water ain't warm. Yeah, I, I think that was the episode. Yeah, and then just the show's introduction and the opening sequence itself made it very scary. You know, another one that freaked me out was the phone police. Because oh my it... god, you didn't like the you were scared about the phone police too? Because my friends and I oh, used to man. do we, we used to do prank calls. Oh. And I remember seeing that and thinking, I wonder if there's really, like, a phone police that's going to come and, like, take us away if they catch us making all these prank phone calls. I used to prank my my buddy's dads, and uh, I had one who threatened – he didn't know who I was and threatened me, and it was great. <laughs> they didn't, The best is because I was able to do the voice so good, I would just throw in different ones, and they didn't know who I was. And so I got one to threaten me, which was great. It was fan- and I wish I could tell you what I could, but it, it's not going to do it justice because there were some real F-bombs being thrown in there. And then uh, one time I called. This is what I just got with Liz. I called my dad, and I asked for my mother. And I, was like, I called my parents, and I says, Just put me there. And my dad, it was, it was like 1130 at night. I was definitely drunk. When was the last time you did a prank phone call? Oh, it's back with Liz. Yeah, okay. and I says, "How long?" Right. <laughs> and my dad goes, "Hello," and I said, "Who's up in there?" <laughs> he goes, "No, who's this?" And I go, "It's the devil." <laughs> and he's going, "She's asleep right now. Can I take a minute?" Like he just kept going with it. <laughs> he kept going with it. No, the last one I've ever done was because uh, you can't do prank calls anymore. Yeah. So that was the last one I ever did. You don't. Yeah. You can't do it anymore. All right, oh, moving on. Uh, you have number, no idea how much fun it was. It was so much fun. Uh, number four, the X Files, iconic show. Um, even people have never seen the show, they know the names Mulder and Scully. Yeah. Uh, and then just you know, the show frequently they just feature so many creepy looking monsters. Like 
I don't know, the fluke worm? Like, he had this wrinkled white skin and a big uh, round mouth with, like, curling fangs and... Uh, so just like some really like uh, weird looking monsters and uh, just the episodes were well plotted out and, and the tension got high and always they always had a nice amount of gore in it. So uh, I like the X-Files. See, Put that the, part I didn't like. That part I didn't, didn't like. like, the like gore? I, I, they're on my top five just because it's the X-Files and it has to be. But I like the old style of, of thinking of horror and, and, and scariness where you don't want to show too much of the monster. Yes. I mean, that's the whole thing. And I, I just think that some shows and some movies certainly overdo it with, all right, I know what he looks like. He's not as scary because I keep seeing him. Yeah. You know, I, I swear to God, it's like, okay, I get it. I know. Well, that's why when we did our top five uh, Halloween movies, that's why I had Carpenter's Halloween yeah. number one. That was one of the great things about that. We don't get to see a lot of Michael Myers. Yep. He's like, he's. It's a silhouette, or he's down the road, or and, like, and, something like or that. Or just the yeah. music. Just the music is there, so you know that he's yeah. present. Yeah. Dun, dun. Uh, number dun, three, dun. going with the Twilight Zone. Again, uh, you know, you don't get, like, a jump shocks here, but which, what's great about the Twilight Zone is that just it builds a cloud of dread and it just, like, settles over the viewer and just there's so many iconic, iconic episodes of the Twilight Zone. Love the Twilight yeah. Zone. Uh, I'm going with uh, Twin Peaks, uh, number two. The great, da- the great David Lynch, uh, the small town murder mystery with the supernatural entities, and just this episode alone, the uh, in season two, the Lonely Souls episode, where we learn the truth about Laura Palmer's murder and that it was Leland Palmer played by the great uh, Ray Wise, and just when we finally get the reveal there with the flipping back and forth between Leland Palmer, his real self, and that of the dark spirit killer Bob. That scene is so it's brutal, it's scary, it's like it is really disturbing. And it just it is really uh, maybe the scariest thing I've ever seen maybe on TV. Like Listen it is to you. It is really petrifying. Plus uh, yeah, Twin Peaks is one of my favorite shows of all time. I put it in my top five, and uh, also because of Kyle MacLachlan, played uh, who played uh, Dale Cooper in the show. I met that guy a couple of years ago. That guy did not let me down. You know, sometimes you meet people that you, yeah. you know you look up to, and they stink. They're not really good people. This guy was great. Kyle MacLachlan is just an unbelievable guy. So. I gotta uh, think about who I've met that wasn't much fun in real life. Well, yeah, I mean, like when I met you for the first time. Oh come on, that's ridiculous. You didn't even know who you. I was when we first met each other. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I had no idea who the hell you were. Exactly. I was like, who's Ken Carmen? Does I anybody see, know this guy yeah, I'm working I'll with? See in hell. Yeah. And he's like, no, he's some fat guy that talks sports in Cleveland. So I'm like, all right, we'll see how yeah. he how he is. I I believe that that's actually how it was said to you. Yeah, go yeah. ahead. And then I have to go with Unsolved Mysteries. I mean, you listen to this uh, this theme song, this this eerie theme song. Oh, that's scary. Robert Stack hosting the dead man, uh, the deadpan demeanor, the trench coat figure lurking in mundane places, the deep voice, and dude, those reenactments are just worse. Just oh so they just freaked me out. Yep. And the acting was usually bad. It was subpar. But it was still effective, and then in the early episodes, they actually had the real people play themselves, and then just, uh, and again, it was frightening because for the most part, it was, you know, it was real stories. I mean, you know, they did stories about ghosts and UFOs at times, but, yep. you know, usually it's centered around actual events, murders and kidnapping, so... Uh, like I was going back a couple weeks ago and I was watching some old, uh, the original episodes from like 87, 88 on YouTube and Mm -hmm. like it's, it's still, I get goosebumps still watching those old episodes because they're unsolved. 
Well, I mean, some of them have been solved, but I mean, yeah, I don't Yeah, but even, when they happened, care. you didn't think they were. Yeah. yeah, you didn't know that. All right, number five, uh, Cleveland Browns football, 1999 to 2018. No, I'm kidding. Beautiful. Um, number five, the X-Files. <laughs> number four, the Twilight Zone. Again, I, I'm, I can name them quickly because you already, I mean, you got a lot of good stuff in there. Number three, Twin Peaks. Number two, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Now, the, my top two are memories of my late great Aunt Wanda. Because I would go to Aunt Wanda and Uncle Jack's, and she would just be like, listen, watch this show. And she put on Are You Afraid of the Dark? I'm like, this is scary. And she's like, oh, grow up. This isn't scary. This is funny. And so I I was watching Are You Afraid of the Dark? And it was fu- it was scary. And you've it, seen I was Twin still Peaks. terrified. I'm sorry? And you've seen Twin Peaks. Yeah. All right. Well, I, was, I wasn't sure. So you know that scene I'm talking about when we, we the, the killer's revealed in the living room. I believe so. All right. I don't have the recall for this type of stuff that you do. Okay. It takes a minute. I'm, I'm going back well, to most my people are, most people are not at my level when it comes to yeah. this. Oh, I think we all know that. Um, and finally, my number one is definitely Unsolved Mysteries. Same thing, watching it with Aunt Wanda, I would freak out, and Aunt Wanda's like, this is not scary. You need to stop. So basically, I maybe I need to realize that my aunt might have been a sociopath, but... I still li- I still have great memories of watching Unsolved Mysteries, and I remember the moment where I realized, like, hey, the killer's still out there. This is unsolved. And my favorite Robert Stack moment was when he actually made the cameo in ba- Basketball. Do you remember that movie? No. Oh, Pierno, you got to watch that movie. When he's watching, according to Miss Nelsie Meltzer, a nosy bitch who lived up the street. It is hilarious. Ro- Robert Stack, that whole movie's good. Robert Stack in that movie it, it it is so it's so good. Wait, wait, wait what's so it called good. again? Basketball. Wait, was that from the South Park creators? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. It's so good. He's good. Dale, the late great Dale Earnhardt makes a cameo in that movie. That's how long ago that movie was made. It's a fantastic movie. But yeah, Unsolved it was Mysteries. Nineteen ninety-eight. Yeah, Unsolved. Well, three years before he passed away. Unsolved Mysteries. Are you afraid of the dark? Twin Peaks. Twilight Zone. X-Files. I think those are good lists right there. And that is top five scariest TV shows ever as we continue into the month of October. Coming up at high noon Eastern, I think it's being proven the fans may make the game, and it's part of the reason why you're not watching. Up next, Bobby Carpenter, 97-1, the fan of Columbus. Get up on ESPN. He's a former Buckeye. He's a seven-year NFL vet. We talk week six with him, and you know what? Whether or not those Raiders are real. Fine, I'll give in to what you guys want. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. 1220 workers shoot, 1220 p.m. Eastern, 920 a.m. Pacific. Also, 1240 p.m. Eastern, 940 a.m. Pacific. Coaching is evolving, and so has Bill Belichick. Getting ready for week six of this NFL season. And joining us right now on the hotline, seven-year NFL vet, he is a former Buckeye. He is the co-host of Morning Juice on 97.1 The Fan in Columbus. A get-up on ESPN analyst. Does it all. Breaks down football with the best of them. Bobby Carpenter joins us on the show. Follow him on Twitter at BCarp3. Bobby, thanks for joining us this morning. Ken, thank you, man. It's my pleasure to spend a little time on a Saturday. So I opened up the show, and I was talking to some NFL, and I said, you know, I, I just I wanted to know, because Tennessee, I thought, made a nice statement on Tuesday. I don't know whether, whether you believe statements or statements. We, we can talk about that. But I thought Tennessee had a nice game on Tuesday. Buffalo, I still keep in the mix. I like to take them seriously. 
And immediately I started getting inundated with people going, what about the Raiders? about teams that could knock off Kansas City? Now, I know they did just win, but I said, well, it's week five. But they've played a tough schedule. They've come out on the other end. How seriously do I take the Las Vegas Raiders? I think you should take them very seriously if you look at how they handled the Kansas City Chiefs. And you don't ever want to be a prisoner of the moment because it's the NFL. There's 16 games. But, you know, each game, you know, it matters and it's critical. And I think they took a little bit of what the Patriots did and they just had better personnel and they're more healthy and able to execute it. They're able to run the ball um, and do a fantastic job controlling the clock. They're able to get some pressure on the home to three or four guys. Your Crosby, Max Crosby is running around the backfield. And they just kind of sagged off. And you know, they played some man zone combinations. And forced Mahomes, like, he, they didn't. The thing is, you don't want to aggressively rush him. And so the Patriots just kind of tried to keep him in the pocket, keep pushing him back so that he couldn't get outside and buy time. And because that's when he can take those deep shots down the field. So if you take away the deep stuff, you force him to throw underneath. You know, a lot of times, especially when you're a very talented quarterback in a really good offense, you get impatient. And I think that that's why we saw Andy Reid go out and get Le'Veon Bell. And say, All right, we need someone that can make some plays underneath. Clyde Edwards-Alaire's good, but he's a rookie. You know, and he's kind of struggled a little bit since week one. Le'Veon Bell can be that guy that can give us some juice underneath and also pound the football when we need to. But, you know, Kansas City's really good. But no matter how good you are, there are ways to beat teams. Everybody has an Achilles heel, and I think that – what teams understand a little bit of the methodology of how to get it done. The question is, do they just have the personnel to be able to challenge Kansas City? Bobby Carpenter joining us on the show. You know, I, I, I think that there were some holes maybe with Kansas City. And also speaking of, of maybe an overreaction, the way Kansas City's defense has really not played this year, with the exception of one game against Baltimore makes me think that Baltimore is actually perfectly upright and all right and that maybe that game might have been an overreaction because the more I the more we separate from that game against against Kansas City it looks like Baltimore might have just woken up on the wrong side of the bed that day well the thing is the book's out on Baltimore like, they've struggled this and I know it was beaten during the telecast where I mean, if Baltimore gets down they struggle to get back in games they're a bully they want to sit there and pound the football on you and control the game control the clock and they get you into a passing situation, they can get after you up front. They've got some good pass rushers and they have talented corners. If you dictate the tempo of the game to them, you can get up on them. As We saw Tennessee do it to them last year. Kansas City did it to them. Where they get in a chase game, they're in trouble. And so that's where I think people understand with the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson is much better in the pocket than I thought he would be at this point in his career, but he still has a long way to go to where people are going to respect him if they know he's going to pass. It's easy for him, you know, in play-action situations. You have guys running wide open down the field. Mark Andrews, really talented tight end. Obviously, Hollywood Brown over the top. They've got some guys that can get it done, but it's a lot harder when it's third and eight and you have to drop back consistently. It's not that he can't do it, but to be able to do it consistently, we'll see some Aaron throws from time to time, and he still has development to go with that phase of his game. Is Dak Prescott reckless? Because that's what Jerry Jones said. You know, when you have to score 40 points a game, I think you have to kind of be reckless as a quarterback, don't you, Ken? I mean, yeah. what do you expect a guy to do? You can't stop anybody. And I think Dallas kind of created this themselves. You know, obviously they've had some injuries on defense, and, you know, that hurts, especially you know, losing Van Der Esch. It hurts them, you know, stopping the run, and they're not getting a ton of pressure up front. Their secondary is not all that great. But the one thing that can help with that 
And like this is why I always I always look to Bill Belichick. Like, what would he do in this situation? Because you know the guy in twenty years has won six Lombardis. I mean, it's it's unfathomable how good he's been. And he played Kansas City with heck his backup quarterback and put his third string quarterback in, and it was actually a pretty close game until the pick six at the very end. It's one score game with basically half a roster, and so you have to understand what you are. And they like to throw the ball all the time, and they're really good at it. The problem is, though, that doesn't help their defense out at all. And so I think they'll actually be better with Andy Dalton, the quarterback. Maybe not as explosive offensively, but they'll run the football a little bit more. Dalton doesn't have the upside Dak does, but he's a very efficient quarterback. They have good weapons. They'll be able to move it. But they need to control the clock a little more. Dak is a warrior, man. You've you got to love him. You love the way he plays. I have a ton of respect for him. And I, I, what he did, I mean, it's what he had to do. And you want to talk about reckless? Okay, I mean, he's trying to help his team win. and knows he has to score 40 to do it. It's just kind of an unfortunate injury. But I think it's one, you know, as long as there's no setbacks with infections and stuff like Alex Smith had, it's a very rehabilitable injury. I had that happen when I was in high school. It sucks. Don't get me wrong. But it's something that he'll be coming back from, I think, in nine months if you won't notice a difference in this play. I never realized you had that happen to you in high school. Bobby Carpenter joining us on the show. I'm going to jerk the wheel here. Uh, go with me on this. Uh, now I, I don't mean it's not an insult. I know you are a guy who who gets paid to cover football, and I mean Saturday and Sunday. But in your heart, are you less interested in watching college football right now because there is no Big Ten until next week? If there wasn't going to be Big Ten at all, I would have probably been a little bit more disinterested. But once I knew that they were coming back, it's like okay, now I can at least you know watch some of we'll call them the previews because. People, I guess, and the Ohio State fans, that's yeah, great. I think they look at winning the Big Ten as kind of a foregone conclusion, you know. And, and maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But you know, it's it's kind of advanced scouting. You're watching Clemson, you're watching Alabama, you're watching Georgia. Maybe you thought you're going to watch LSU, watch your Oklahoma, trying to take a look at some of these teams to figure out who are the good teams, what are they really good at, and you know, and, and most of you know college fans' minds, especially like Ohio State, they're how do they match up against them? So I. I probably haven't been quite as locked in as normal. If there wasn't a Big Ten, it would have been tough. It's like you're watching your, you know, your wife leave you with your kids, and then you have to live across the street while like someone else raises them. Oh, it would have been that type of pain. I mean, I'd say it gets personal with you, but thankfully, football will be back here in the Big Ten region of the country next week. And so, I think this was just fans looked at this in the Midwest and say, hey, this is kind of a a precursor, like let's watch some of the previews to get ready to go once it does return late October. Like we know we're going to have to abandon some of this stuff about the college football playoffs here because of Ohio State, say Ohio State plays whatever, say you play eight games or whatever it is, I, I forget the schedule, and they just beat everybody and beat everybody pretty soundly. There's not a chance in hell Bill Hancock can leave them out of the top four. No, it's, I think it's going to be this year more subjective than anything. There's going to be teams that miss games that I think you, know, you postpone and then they'll eventually have to cancel. And they happen in the SEC, and they happen in the ACC. Heck, you know, if Nick Saban wasn't coaching Alabama today and they lose to Georgia, are you going to hold that against them the same way you would, even though it looks like he should be, with one more negative test, he'll be able to coach. But, you know, it's, it's such a unique year, and it's always the battle of best versus most deserving. And I think this year it's going to be so subjective that they're really just going to lean on who they believe the best four teams are and who will be the most competitive matchups at the end of the season. Bobby Carpenter joining us. Get up on ESPN. So okay, so who? Real quick, who has been from the college football you've watched? Who's been the most impressive? Well, I mean, you know, easily the cop outs, Alabama. They're really good. 
know, they've been the team that's always been there. They've got some problems on defense. They gave a ton of points to Lane Kiffin and Old Miss last week. So that's something that kind of concerns you. Georgia's defense has been fantastic. They have just struggled, you know, to start games, and they really can't throw the ball as well as you would like. And so those two teams are looking at Clemson. You know, they haven't really played anybody. They're explosive and they're phenomenal. I'm waiting to see this Clemson-Notre Dame matchup because I want to see how good Notre Dame really is. And I want to see what Clemson's going to do. I think it's November 7th, if I'm not mistaken. Clemson has to go up to South Bend, and we'll see what the weather's like there. I always enjoy Southern teams going north late in the year. It's something you don't usually see in college football. And so I think that that's something that would be a big delineator there of whether or not Notre Dame deserves that type of respect as well. B Carp 3 on Twitter, seven-year NFL vet, former Buckeye. 97 won the fan of Columbus. Get up on ESPN. Bobby, we thank you very much for the time. Hey, my pleasure. You have a wonderful Saturday. You too. Bobby Carpenter joining us on the show. What he says about Dak Prescott, I, I didn't like what Jerry Jones had to say about that. I heard Robin Lumberg talk about it, and I, I agreed with Robin on it, and I totally agree with what Bobby Carpenter said. You know, sometimes, and this goes back to what Mike Sando told us last week, Like you're getting in your own way again, Jerry. You need to be careful, man. I didn't like what I got, what I saw yesterday or last week on, on social media when, when originally Dak Prescott went down. There seemed to be some people doing some champions pose just because the guy didn't sign the contract. Doesn't have to sign the contract. I, I, Jerry Jones has never let a player leave over money. He, ne- he won't leave Dak Prescott leave over money. So I know that some people have gotten obsessed with whether or not Dak Prescott's going to sign a contract. Dak Prescott will sign a contract with the Dallas Cowboys. He's good enough, he'll sign a contract. They're in decent hands with Andy Dalton. They are, but what, is Andy Dalton going to just completely replace Dak Prescott? Hell no, no. He's not going to do that. So I know there's people, for whatever reason, they're upset with Dak Prescott for what he did. I think you're looking in the wrong place. I think you need to look a little higher. I think you need to look at ownership again because it's starting to get a little squirrely again in Dallas, as it's prone to do every single time there's light at the end of the tunnel. Up next, I think it's being proven the fans make the game. Because you're not watching. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.